the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God's opinion of Abraham didn't change because of Abraham's failure. God's opinion of you and me doesn't change because we fail. God's opinion of you and me doesn't change because we sin. Doesn't change because sometimes we misrepresent Him and we're a bad witness for Him. His love for you doesn't change. His commitment to you doesn't change. His call upon your life doesn't change, even when we fail. Abraham, though a man of great faith, didn't have perfect faith. Sometimes he doubted, and that doubt led to terrible decisions. But God still loved Abraham and still chose him for a greater purpose. And like Abraham, God's opinion of you doesn't change, even when you make a mistake. He still loves and has greater purposes for you. Today, Pastor Dan will encourage you to remember that nothing can separate you from the love of God. Acknowledge where you went wrong, seek the Lord, and move forward. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 20 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Abraham journeyed from there to the south of the Negev and dwelt between Kadesh and Shur and stayed in Gerar. Now Abraham said of Sarah, his wife, she is my sister. And Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, indeed, you are a dead man. Because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. But Abimelech had not come near her and said, Lord, will you slay a righteous nation also? Did he not say to me, she is my sister? And she, even she herself said, he is my brother. In the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I have done this. And God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. For I also withheld you from sinning against me, therefore I did not let you touch her. Now therefore restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all who are yours. And so Abimelech rose early in the morning, called all his servants, and told all these things in their hearing. And the men were very much afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? How have I offended you that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin? You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. And then Abimelech said to Abraham, What did you have in view 
that you have done this thing. And Abraham said, because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place and they will kill me on account of my wife. But indeed, she is truly my sister. She is the daughter of my father, but not the daughter of my mother. And she became my wife. And it came to pass when God caused me to wander from my father's house that I said to her, this is your kindness that you should do for me in every place Wherever we go, say of me, he is my brother. Then Abimelech took sheep and oxen and male and female servants and gave them to Abraham. And he restored Sarah, his wife, to him. And Abimelech said, see, my land is before you. Dwell where it pleases you. And then to Sarah, he said, behold, I have given your brother a thousand pieces of silver Indeed, this vindicates you before all who are with you and before everybody. Thus, she was rebuked. And so Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech, his wife and his female servants. Then they bore children for the Lord had closed up all the wombs of the house of Abimelech because of Sarah, Abraham's wife. In chapter 20, Abraham and Sarah, they leave Hebron where they've been living And they travel south to the Negev. And then they end up settling in a place called Gerar. Now the Bible doesn't tell us why they left Hebron after living there for so many years. Or why they settled in Gerar. It could be that they moved to just new pasture lands for their flocks. Remember Abraham had uh, large flocks of sheep. And it was common for shepherds to move their flocks to new pastures or green pastures uh, for their sheep to graze. It's still something that is practiced today uh, in many parts of the Middle East. So it could be just that he was moving his flock to a different field. Um, But this move to Gerar is significant because it's while living in Gerar that Abraham and Sarah will have their promised son, Isaac. You remember back in chapter 18, God had promised Sarah that she would have a son and name him Isaac. And God said it will happen within the year. And so they're, you know, they're at a point now where in less than a year, they're going to have a son. Now, verse 2 tells us that when they arrived at Gerar, Abraham told the local people that Sarah was his sister And Abimelech, the king of Gerar, Abimelech is just a title, like Pharaoh is a title. Abimelech is a title for a king. Abimelech, the king of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. Now, if you feel like you've heard this story before, you have. (laughs) Back in Genesis chapter 12, 25 years earlier, when Abraham and Sarah journeyed down to the land of Egypt... Uh, Abraham, it says, feared for his life, and so he told the Pharaoh that Sarah was his sister, and Pharaoh took Sarah into his harem, but God intervened and protected Sarah. Now it's 25 years later, Abraham finds himself in a similar situation, and Abraham once again resorts to lying. Now, before we talk about Abraham's lying, let me just say, first of all, in Genesis 12, Abraham was afraid, we're told, because his wife was so beautiful. And in Genesis 12, 
Sarah was 65 years old. Now she's 90 years old. And he's still afraid because his wife is beautiful. Which tells us Sarah must have been a pretty woman if at 90, Abraham is afraid because of her beauty. And he's afraid, and so once again, he lies. I want you to note here that Abraham repeats the exact same sin when he's in the exact same situation. There is a pattern in Abraham's life. There's a pattern to his sin. It hasn't changed for Abraham for 25 years. He's still the same guy he was in many ways, 25 years later, that he was when he was in Egypt. When Abraham thinks he's in a tight spot, he lies. That's his default. You could say lying was his default sin. Lying was the sin that Abraham always resorted to. Uh, Lying was the sin that ensnared Abraham. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, listen to what it says. It tells us to cast off the sins that so easily ensnare us. The sins that so easily ensnare us. The sins that we always trip over. The sins that we constantly return to. The sins that we constantly repeat. Listen, you know this. I'm not telling you anything new. But we each have sins that easily ensnare us. You know, there are certain things that just really aren't that much of a temptation for you or me. But then there are other sins that easily ensnare us. For Abraham, it was lying. That was his sin that he repeated over and over in his life. That was his default sin when he was afraid. He would resort to lying. That was the sin that he naturally repeated. And for all of us, just like Abraham, we have a default sin or default sins that we always repeat, that we always do, that we always resort to. There's a pattern there. There's a pattern in your life. There's a pattern in my life, just like Abraham, where we repeat a particular sin when we're in a particular situation. And we, uh, maybe it's, we default to a particular sin when we're afraid, like Abraham. Or maybe it's when you're alone. Or maybe when you're feeling a lot of pressure. Or maybe when you're stressed out. Or maybe when you're tired. Or when it's late at night. Or maybe when you've been drinking. Maybe, you know, whatever it may be. Whatever it may be. Whenever you're in a particular situation, or I'm in a particular situation, you react exactly the same way every time. You always fall back into the same trap. You go back to the same sin that easily ensnares you. And that's true for everybody. We all got that thing. So then what do you do? Well, one thing you do is you avoid being in the situation that leads to that sin. It sounds simple enough, doesn't it? You just avoid it. You just make sure you're never in that situation. You recognize the pattern in your life. You know what? Whenever I'm in this situation, I tend to do this. I know for me... Not so much in 2020, but, you know, my wife recognized, uh, you know, that when I would come home from work, I needed about 30 minutes by myself uh, before I could really interact with the family or interact with the kids or deal with kids. If, you know, on occasion when the kids met me at the door or met me in the driveway with something, I just instantly was stressed out by it and I would respond in frustration and anger. And so my wife, in her great wisdom, 
uh, would just kind of let me do my own thing for the first 15, 20, 30 minutes when I got home to just kind of whatever I needed to do to readjust. Now, okay, now I'm home. And then I could kind of, you know, wade into the water of being back at home or whatever. There, there's a pattern there. Recognizing that pattern. Now I'm going to make an adjustment so I don't fall into that trap. Right? And we have this pattern in our lives that we can recognize and just make adjustments so that we avoid that situation. You know, another thing we can do is allow God to transform our minds and transform our thinking. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says, Let the Spirit of God renew your thoughts and attitude. The Spirit of God can renew your mind. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment, but first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. And so to keep us from falling into that same old sin that we fall into, we can change the situation, avoid the situation, and then we can allow God to change us and renew our mind. Abraham hasn't done that. And so for 25 years now, he's, it's the same old pattern in his life when he's in this situation. So Abimelech the king takes Sarah. Verse 3 says, But God came to Abimelech in a dream by night and said to him, Indeed, you are a dead man because of the woman whom you have taken, for she is a man's wife. Now, God has never appeared to me in a dream, but if he does, I hope his first words to me are not, you're a dead man, right? If I ever see God appear in my room while I'm sleeping, I hope that's not what he says. It doesn't sound much like a dream. That sounds more like a nightmare uh, to me. But God intervenes in this situation to keep his plan for Abraham and Sarah on track. As I said, this is within a year of the birth of Isaac. Sarah may even be pregnant at this point with Isaac. If she's not pregnant now, she will be soon. And Abraham's sin is potentially veering things off course for him and Sarah and their promised son. And so God now steps in. And he steps in by appearing to Abimelech in a dream. Often in the scriptures we see God communicate through dreams, both in the Old Testament and New Testament. I think just here in the book of Genesis, we see it occur five times in the book of Genesis, where God communicates to someone through a dream. God still communicates to people through dreams, by the way. It still happens. So he came to Abimelech and he warned him because the woman whom he had taken, she was a man's wife. Verse 4, but Abimelech had not come near her and he said, Lord, Will you slay a righteous nation also? Look what he says. Did Abraham not say to me, she is my sister and she, Sarah, even she herself said, he's my brother in the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands. I have done this. You know, Abimelech sounds more godly than Abraham in this chapter. You know, sometimes 
uh, a non-believer acts more like a believer than a believer does, sadly. Abimelech demonstrates honesty and integrity. Uh, He responds to the Lord here while Abraham was deceptive and Sarah was deceptive. Uh, Abimelech says, Abraham told me Sarah was his sister and Sarah said, Abraham is my brother. She corroborated Abraham's lie. She lied too. And Abimelech says, in the integrity of my heart and innocence of my hands, I've done this. In other words, hey, this is all a big honest mistake. I didn't know she was married. I would have never taken her if I knew she was a man's wife. And I love what God says in verse 6. God said to him in a dream, yes, I know that you did this in the integrity of your heart. God knows the thoughts and intents of the heart, the Bible says. For I also withheld you from sinning against me. Therefore, I did not let you touch her. God kept Abimelech from sinning. God was at work behind the scenes and Abimelech didn't even know it. How often is God at work behind the scenes in your life and my life, protecting us, keeping us, And we don't even know it. I don't know if when we get to heaven, maybe when we get to heaven, God will show us all the times that he protected us, all the times that he kept us in life. Abimelech is a non-believer. He's a pagan king. And God's protecting him and he doesn't even realize it. He doesn't even know it. He's not aware of it. Now watch what God says in verse 7. Again, he's speaking to Abimelech in a dream. And he says to Abimelech, Now, therefore, restore the man's wife, for he is a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you shall live. But if you do not restore her, know that you shall surely die, you and all of yours. Sarah wasn't that pretty, right? We'll return her here. But he says here, this is amazing. This is the first time... Note this, this is the first time God calls Abraham a prophet. It's the first time God calls Abraham a prophet. Now a prophet, if you don't know a prophet, represents God. A prophet speaks for God to man. And God calls Abraham a prophet for the first time here. Now, at this moment of all times, while Abraham is caught in a lie, while Abraham and Sarah have been deceptive and they're busted by Abimelech here. Now, at this moment, God announces, he's my prophet. He's my representative. And he's going to pray for you, Abimelech. I'm sure Abimelech probably thought, maybe I should pray for him. I don't want this guy praying for me. You know what this shows us? This shows us that God's not embarrassed by Abraham's failure. And he's not ashamed to associate with Abraham, a liar and deceiver. God is not attempting to, uh, to distance himself from Abraham. God doesn't say to Abimelech, listen, I don't really know Abraham very well. In fact, we've only talked a few times. We had one meal together, and that's the extent of our relationship. Uh, Abraham does not represent me or what I believe or my values or what I stand for. He doesn't do anything like that. He doesn't cancel him. No, God says, he's my prophet. No shame at all. No embarrassment at all. Hey, Abimelech, he's my prophet. He's my representative. And he's going to pray for you. I love this. 
Abraham was still God's man in spite of his failure, in spite of his lying, in spite of his deceptiveness, in spite of his disobedience, in spite of being a bad representative of God. God's relationship with Abraham didn't change. God's calling on Abraham's life didn't change. God's opinion of Abraham didn't change because of Abraham's failure. God's opinion of you and me doesn't change because we fail. God's opinion of you and me doesn't change because we sin. Doesn't change because sometimes we misrepresent Him and we're a bad witness for Him. His love for you doesn't change. His commitment to you doesn't change. His call upon your life doesn't change. Even when we fail, even when we fail, God would still say, That's my son. That's my daughter. That's my disciple. That's my representative in this world. I love him. I love her. It doesn't affect it. It doesn't change. If you're in Christ, your standing with God is not changed by your failures. Nothing can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Nothing can change God's love for us. Don't you think he knew when he called you, when he called me, that we were failures? Don't you think that he knew that? He did. He knew what he was getting when he called us. It's no surprise to him. Now, that's, you know, don't get me wrong. It's not a license to sin. But just because you fail and I fail, and just because sometimes we're a really bad witness, and we do things that are just wrong, it doesn't change our standing with God. And it doesn't change his love for us. So Abimelech rose early, verse 8. You remember he had this dream at night. He wakes up early in the morning. I bet he did. God appeared to him, spoke to him. So Abimelech rose early in the morning. He called all of his servants and told all of these things in their hearing. And the men were very much afraid. And Abimelech called Abraham and said to him, What have you done to us? How have I offended you that you have brought on me and on my kingdom a great sin You have done deeds to me that ought not to be done. It's hard to be rebuked by a non-believer for your behavior, isn't it? And Abimelech is totally right here. He's totally right. Now watch verse 10. Watch what he says here. And this is important. Then Abimelech said to Abraham, What did you have in view that you have done this thing? Or your translation might say, What did you see? What did you see? That caused you to do this. Abraham, what did you see when you came into my kingdom? What did you see that made you lie to me and deceived me? That's a good question for Abimelech to ask. When you came into my kingdom, what did you see that caused you to do this? There must have been something that you saw that made you fear for your life and lie about your wife and sin against me the way that you did and jeopardize my life. So tell me what it was that you saw when you came walking into town. Now look at Abraham's answer. Verse 11. And Abraham said, Because I thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will kill me on account of my life. Abraham didn't see anything that caused him to do this. Abraham thought 
thought in his mind, Abraham did this because he thought, surely the fear of God is not in this place, and they will kill me on account of my wife. Listen to me. It was all in Abraham's head. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we encourage you to keep reading on your own. As you go through Genesis, it's important to not lose sight of the bigger picture of God's plan. You get some valuable insights into God's character through this book and how he interacts and intercedes with those he's created. Would you like to listen to more teachings from this series or explore other message series from God's Word? If so, visit our website, calvaryec.com. You can also subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast. It's a great way to keep connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you every time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We also want to encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your walk with the Lord. It's important to spend time in fellowship with other believers. The body of Christ functions best together after all. If you're ever in or near the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Visit calvaryec.com to find directions and get more information about joining us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. That's all we have time for today. Tune in next time to continue this study in Genesis right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.